This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, uh, July 4th, my birthday was uh, yesterday. Happy belated, Gloria. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, the holidays, are, as you know, are such a tough time. And even, you know, like Independence Day, I mean, you know, it's not like heartfelt. We're not buying presents or that kind of thing. But it's still, you know, a day off that families have done stuff together. And now when they've lost kids or a dad or a parent or, you know, you get those family gatherings and people have to deal with the fact that it's not the same anymore. Well, especially July 4th. I mean, I can't even imagine being born on July 4th, it would be an amazing thing, but, but July 4th brings up so many things with Scott, and with our kids, and with our siblings, I mean, because you go see fireworks, and you have barbecues, and the family gets together, and so there is a lot of ritual around that, and when that person's not there, it really is a huge void. Absolutely. So. Well, you know, we've got a great guest on today, uh, Lula Grand, and you'll be introducing him in a second, but one of the things that I want to make sure we ask him, Heidi, is how do people cope? you know, with special events, and he has uh, got such great information and, uh, you know, and helping people uh, deal with this. How do we deal with the holidays? So let's not forget to uh, do that piece with him. Okay. So our guest today is a friend of ours. He's a writer for Open to Hope, and his name is Dr. Lulu Grant. He has been an expert in the field of bereavement for more than 30 years. He is a distinguished service professor emeritus at the State University of New York and an adjunct professor of health careers at the Eastern Campus of Suffolk Community College in New York, in Riverhead. He gives seminars on death-related topics all over the country. Welcome to the show, Lou. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Heidi. So great to have you on, Lou. And one of the things that we didn't have in your bio, and I was reading in your book and, and picked it up on his book, is Healing Grief, Finding Peace, 101 Ways to Cope with the Death of Your Loved One. And I will tell you, this book is just, uh, it's fabulous. It's, I mean, it's just like, it's not that big, but it's like a Bible of fantastic information. But one of the things that I picked up while I was reading the book, and I didn't know this about you, Lou, is that Lou is a bereaved parent. And you've also lost two siblings, and I don't know, you know, what ages, but uh, yeah, but you lost your little daughter, Karen, in a crib death at four months. And, you know, I was thinking back, Lou, at that time, that was a weird time for crib death, because People didn't really know anything. I mean, they were suspicious that there might have been murder or whatever. Wasn't that the case? It was a weird time. Yeah, they didn't know an awful lot about SIDS, and and um, uh, we we couldn't get an answer as to the cause of death. They just said, "Well, it, it's a SIDS death," you know, and uh, that makes it very difficult when you when you don't have a specific cause, you know. Right. What did what did they say about it today for those folks that have had SIDS deaths out there? Do you think it's handled okay? And and what's the thought on it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I I think it's uh, I think it's much better. Uh, and they've they've also discovered that um, uh, it's important the way you put your infant uh, in the crib, you know, uh, and that uh, you do not have them uh, over on their stomach and that kind of thing. Uh, I, I think there is so much more uh, awareness and knowledge out there now. Uh, in, the, in, those, in those old days, because this was back in uh, 1970, uh, mm-hmm. that uh, there, there was um, it, it was just beginning 
to be uh, brought up in, in conversations, I think, even in the, in the medical field. They, they knew, knew very little about it. Mm-hmm. And so, 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 Luke, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So, Luke, Karen, you have five children. You have four sons that are surviving, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Karen was your only daughter. And yes. where was she in the birth order? Was she the oldest or no? No. Uh, she she would have been like uh, one, two, three, uh, the third. She she was the middle, kind of the middle child. Yes. Third. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um, you know, she died in 1970, and so that was how many years ago? Let's see, we're 80, 90, what, 30. Yeah, some 40, odd. 40 some odd, yes. So, yeah. Okay, the reason I'm saying this, Lou, is because at the be- before the show started, when my mom said, Lou, I noticed you had a daughter die at four months, your response was yes, and it's really emotional still thinking about it. And for all of us out there, when you've lost a child or a sibling, it's always emotional. It doesn't matter how many years have passed. They're still forever in your heart. And sure. your little and, girl and, forever in your and, heart. And, you know, I, uh, I'm i sure that there are some people, in fact, uh, I've had the same thing happen to me, uh, that uh, on certain occasions when it's brought up, and depending on who I'm talking to, I do not get that, uh, it's sort of a, a choking feeling or a chill mm-hmm. feeling, and I wish I could tell you why I don't. Um, I, I just think it's, it's part of uh, our individual mystery. You know, we're... We're really uh, complex uh, people, and uh, some some folks. Uh, every time you mention the name, uh, they're going to have a, a response inside. And, and in my early years, that that clearly happened. I would, uh, you know, as soon as uh, somebody said that uh, they had uh, lost a child, uh, or if I read in the paper that uh, uh, a child died of Sid's death, I go, Ooh, you know, I inside I could feel it. You see. Um, and then, as I say, every every once in a while, um, when someone uh, brings that up, uh, I'll get that kind of lump in my throat. <laughs> Very normal, normal. And in fact, this is what I tell uh, I tell all of my support groups. Anybody who's had <clears throat> that kind of thing happen, I'll always say say three words to yourself: normal, normal, normal. <laughs> I love it. That is so true. And, you know, Heidi likes to say, and I think this is true, it's not that you don't feel that pain quickly again, but you recover faster. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you can kind of go there. I mean, uh, we did a show last week where Heidi mentioned the fact that after my son was killed, I told my dad he couldn't die for two years, and and he died exactly two years later because he had been very, very ill. And, you know, that got me. All of a sudden, I was at that spot again, you know. And had had to stop and hesitate, you know. To, but but that's that's when we touch the love spot, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I think uh, love is the uh, the most uh, underrated coping response. Oh, I I believe it's it's the single most powerful thing if you can if you can work on yourself to become a more loving person. You can get through anything. You know. In fact, there's a great passage. Um, the writer, uh, Anna Quinlan, uh, tells a great story of, of uh, after her mother's death and they were going through her things that uh, they came across a handwritten uh, segment uh, from, uh, uh, I think, St. Paul's Letter to the Corinthians uh, about love. And it was, it was written in pencil, you know. And uh, the last three words in it are, are so powerful. It says, love never 
fails. Right. Love never fails. And it, it is so critical if, as we are grieving, you know, as difficult as it may be, to think about our loving responses to others and focus on the love that you have been getting from those same others. Mm-hmm. I love that. And even getting from uh, people that have died, you know, and remembering absolutely. that love and having it come yeah. back to you. You don't yeah. have to lose that. Absolutely. That's a, that's where our, our memories are, are powerful. To think about a loving memory involving your loved one, Ooh. Uh, you know, that, that can be such a great thing to help us get out of a downward spiral if we want. Uh, uh, it, it can help us to grab the energy we need to deal with a particular problem. Oh, I, I, can't, uh, I can't say enough about trying to become a better lover. It's a lifelong, you know, it's, a, it's, it's really a, a lifelong skill to try to develop. I love it. Well, talk. I want to talk about some blocks because in your book uh, you, you talk about a lot of things, but I found uh, I do a group with compassionate friends and the grudges and lack of forgiveness I think are such roadblocks to get into that love. You're so right. You're, you're so right. Um, it's it's very very difficult, depending upon your belief systems and what you learned early in life. You know from uh, the authoritarian figures in your life. Uh, I I can't emphasize. Uh, you know, love. I, I once heard uh, or read somewhere where uh, an expert who who. Uh, herself had been through a very, very difficult death of a child, uh, said that um, love is the ultimate form, or forgiveness is the ultimate form of self-love. And mm-hmm. um, that that is something I, I would recommend everyone think very deeply about, because uh, as I'm sure many of your listeners know, uh, not forgiving is basically not a problem for the other person. It's really our own problem. Or, as as I, I remember, um, uh, I don't know if it was Dear Abby or whoever, but one of those those great columnists uh, said, "You know, you're you're making a big mistake by letting someone live rent free in your head." <laughs> I like that rent free in your head. You know, yeah, that's really good. That's good. Yeah, I've never and, heard that before. And, and it, it's so critical. I I think. Uh, Again, to go back to that love, and uh, you know, we we've got to let go. We've got to let go, uh, and we're letting go for our own self. Right. What do they say? Let go, let God. Yeah, yeah. And Heidi, tell uh, Lou what Craig Scott said. Well, yes, we had a, a guy, a kid on that had been through the Columbine shootings, and he was hiding under the desk and watched his sister and twelve of his friends being murdered, and oh. he was so filled with rage, and he finally came to a place of forgiveness, and he said, forgiveness is like setting a prisoner free and finding out that prisoner is you. Oh, well, that's, a, that's a great line. And that took him, it took him uh, a couple, two or three years to he even, even yeah. oh, begin sure. to get oh, to that sure. spot. Well, Lou, uh, Heidi mentioned uh, pre-show something that she'd read that you'd written on our website, Heidi. And uh, do you want to paraphrase it? Because I'd like Lou to talk about it a little bit. Oh, my goodness. Where is it? I, I just had it. It was... It was talking about signs and connections that we receive from people after they have died. And somebody was saying, you know, do you do something kind of being doubtful about it? And, Lou, you were just saying that, you know, you are 
a PhD and that you do believe in signs and connections. Is that, well, is that, exactly. sure you can say more about uh, that? Yeah. Um, I, I always like to preface my remarks by saying, uh, you know, I, I have been trained in the scientific method to believe that all these, uh, uh, these stories that you hear are, are simply either uh, audio or visual hallucinations or just uh, uh, clear illusions, you know. And uh, through the years, uh, I, I am absolutely convinced uh, that the vast majority of these situations in which someone believes they've received a sign or a message from their loved one uh, or a supreme being, uh, I, I, uh, I just cannot believe that they aren't true. <laughs> Uh, when I look into their eyes, when I see the change in their behavior, and and mm -hmm. I, I believe there's, uh, again, uh, a basic reason or two um, why their behavior changes. One is, is they truly believe that there will be a reunion, that they're going to see their loved one again. And uh, the other thing is that uh, all of these kinds of uh, uh, extraordinary experiences, as I call them, uh, are, are actually gifts of love. Uh, someone is still looking out for us. Someone still understands what's happening inside of us. And, and for uh, any mourner, in fact, I tell, I tell uh, all the people I work with, whether they are atheists or agnostics in our groups, uh, I say there is nothing wrong with doing two things. Talking to your loved one every day, and asking for a sign, anything, and then stay aware. You know, uh, there, there is no doubt that these things will change the course of your grief work if you get one. Right. Uh, we then, we get a lot of dimes, Lou, don't we, Heidi? We we do, and it's and it is it is very it's so healing to get these things. So what you're saying to those out there that haven't had signs. That they need to ask for them, and Absolutely. they need to be aware of their environment. Mm -hmm. They need to be aware sure. when they happen. Absolutely, yeah. And I, uh, you know, again, um, uh, I, I can't emphasize that it is very healthy to talk to your loved one every day. There is no reason that this can be this can be a normal part of establishing the new relationship that we have to establish with our loved one who isn't with us physically anymore. And uh, to talk in that tone and to ask, you know, uh, it's a very healthy and a good thing. Well, Lou, I promised up front, and uh, we've only got about five more minutes, so I wanted to ask you, we were talking about the 4th of July. What do you suggest out there for those folks during the holiday time or during those, those times that are reminders, birthdays, you know, yeah. anniversaries? <laughs> you know, there's, there's, uh, there's three or four things. But I'd like to headline them all by saying this, that any day in advance that you know is not going to be uh, a, a, a day of uh, a real full 100% celebration because your loved one isn't with you, that it's important to plan and have a structured day. You know, uh, Days before, you know, you say, I'm going to do this. When I get up at uh, 7.30, uh, I'm going to have my breakfast, I'm going to do this, I'm going over here, I'm going, I'm 
I'm going to see John, I'm going to go go to Mary. I'm going to have a day, and I'm also going to have time during that day when I'm going to be alone, but I'm not going to overdo it. I'm not going to be alone for the whole day. Uh, I'm going to be around other people. You know, uh, it, it also means that you tell other people what you can and cannot do on that day. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying, "Look, uh, you know, normally we used to come over and stay for three or four hours. I might not be able to do that this year." You know, and that's looking out for our needs, and, and we we need to tell our loved ones. Uh, what we can and cannot do. I l- and then there's absolute... Go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, I'm glad you said I can't do it because one of the things that Heidi likes to remind me, right, Heidi, is that they might be kids in the family, right, Heidi? Uh, absolutely. That, that need that, yes, absolutely. That, that we need to think about the whole family because sometimes parents can't do things and they need to do them for the kids because the kids really, really want to have a normal life. But maybe the parent has to leave early and they tell the kids and they tell the family and they have somebody else pick them up and drive them or whatever so that the rest sure. of the family can do that. That's sure. Absolutely. But, but you're absolutely right. You do need to take care of number, number one for sure. Well, Lou, tell us about your website. And your book is fabulous. I just want to say Gre- Healing Grief, Finding Peace, 101 Ways to Cope with the Death of Your Loved One. I will tell you, there are 101 ways here, and they are all fantastic. And it is, as I said, it's like a, a little Bible or dictionary of stuff that you can go in and quickly look something up. And Lou gives you t- tremendous advice. Thank you for this book, Lou. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to uh, to talk with both of you. But before you go, tell us uh, where people can find you. On your website? Oh, yeah. You, you can go to uh, uh, www.extraordinarygriefexperiences.com. Extraordinarygriefexperiences.com. And Lou's got a lot of other books, and I'm sure you can get this on Amazon, right, Lou? Oh, absolutely. And uh, it, you can also get an electronic version if you want. And um, It's much cheaper, I should tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sometimes you like to hold something in your hand when you're laying in bed at night, though. (laughs) Of course, you can hold your Kindle. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Lou, thank you so much for all your work and for what you've done for Karen's memory. And uh, blessings to you and your family. Oh, thank you, Gloria and Heidi. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be, be with you both. Thank you, Lou. Well, Heidi, what a great show. Is it? Lou is such a great guy. I didn't even ask him if he's coming to ADAC. I, I sorely hope he is because he's the kind of guy you want to get to and give a big hug. Well, he's been in the grief and loss field for a long time, and he knows a lot of people. And the thing that I love about Lou is here's this THC who's got a website called Extraordinary Grief Experiences. He's normalizing signs and not making us feel like we're crazy for having them. And I love that. That's such a, that's so comforting. Yep, absolutely. And uh, hopefully you'll have a piece in our new book that's coming out, uh, Dream Signs and Connections. Well, thanks for listening, and please stay tuned again next week for more of the Open to Hope Show. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today.
then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.